the number one Costa Rica real estate and investment podcast, bringing you experts from all over Costa Rica. Hello, guys, and welcome to episode 144 of Costa Rica Real Estate and Investments with me, your host, Richard Beckson. Today, we're going to be talking with Derek Schlager. Derek is the Director of Business Relations at the NAMU Travel Group, a company I worked with uh, for many years, well owned, uh, and worked with Derek for 12 years. He was in charge of managing all the relationships with the tours, hotels, vacation rentals, uh, etc. So we're going to be getting his opinion on kind of what's happening in the industry where he thinks that there is still a lot more runway for uh, new product here in Costa Rica, his advice for existing product, uh, for, again, new product, older product, um, and, and just kind of getting some, um, you know, some data points and also just some information from him for anyone looking to invest in Costa Rica or start a business here as well. As you guys uh, probably saw from the last podcast when we spoke to David Hollander, there's still a lot of you know, um, I would say services and businesses that are still required in some of these up and coming areas here. So it's going to be great to speak to Derek uh, and get his viewpoint. Remember, you can also reach out to us for anything that you need uh, help investing in Costa Rica, guys. Uh, again, we look at a lot of data here. We just analyzed 4,000 uh, luxury vacation rentals here in Costa Rica. We've advised a lot of the hotels uh, and have been in the industry for you know close to 20 years. So you can reach out to us, info at investingcostarica.com. That's info at investingcostarica.com. But let's get straight into the podcast. Good afternoon, Derek. How are you doing? Hey, Rich. It's good to see you. Good afternoon. It's all good. What about yourself? Fantastic. Good, good. It's taken me 144 episodes to get you on the podcast, but uh, I know you're busy. I mean, I think it's a competition between you and I of who travels most in this country. So uh, you may be winning. I No, I think you're winning. I, last <laughs> year, I think, you know, 2019 was my record year. I did like 26,000 kilometers, something like wow. that. Well, I've got, I don't think I'm that near near that this year. I think uh, I'm at 40 and I'm not finished the year yet from wow. July. So, and that's not even considered. I think we're pretty close to the 60 by the time that we finish 60,000 kilometers. So yeah, that's crazy. That's but, crazy. Hey, hey, I mean, we get everywhere. I mean, I don't think this, I think the only part of the country we don't probably get to is like Tortuguero and San Vito, but it's probably the same. Well, actually you get to Tortuguero though, right? Yeah, I would, I'd go there maybe once or twice a year. I've been to San Vito recently a lot of times on a motorcycle. It's not for business, but for pleasure. But San wow. Vito has very good motorcycle trails. Wow. So join me yeah. one. Do you still own your motorcycle? I still, I still got my motorcycle. Yeah, I'm still good. Let's, let's do it, man. Let's do awesome. it. Definitely. Well, Derek, let's jump into the podcast because I'm sure that uh, the uh, listeners don't want to hear us basically talk about all of our <laughs> adventures. Or maybe they do want to help uh, listen to us uh, talk about our adventures in Costa Rica, but maybe that'll be a different podcast. But I mean, you're in the world of tourism. Again, you're you know responsible for the NAMU Travel Group. You know, I, you and I worked together for many, many years. I can't remember how many, but I'm sure it was probably, what, 15? Good times. Wow. Yeah, yeah. 12. 12. Well, I, you know, and again, you were the kind of in charge of choosing the product and all the relationships uh, kind of within, you know, Costa Rica. My question right. for you is, again, you have that visibility into tourism is what are you seeing on the tourism front? Are the hotels still as busy as ever? Are you seeing a bit of a slowdown from last year, a turn to seasonality? I mean, what are you seeing on the tourism side? Yeah, yeah, it's starting to slow down a little bit. Uh, last year was a rocket year. I think that the uh, if you use our numbers, our volume went up three times compared to 2019. That's so 2022 was that was insane, super super busy. We didn't even have a low season. 
Uh, nowadays, entering May uh, and June, it looks like seasonality is starting to come back. So yeah. this is not to be afraid of, but I think it's normal. So we see normal volumes in May, we see normal volumes in June, and again, October, September. Uh, in our particular case, it's different because we got a lot of market share from other competitors in the industry. So uh, Namu is still very, very big, but we see some seasonality, normal seasonality when I talk to, to hotels and rentals out there. I mean, talking about like what's out there, because again, not all products are the same. I mean, what are the products that just sell all year round and sell themselves? I mean, what are some of the stuff out there that like, it doesn't matter what season it is or whatever, they're just always busy and always full. Yeah, they, they, there are very well positioned hotels. It really doesn't depend on location or, or luxury or infrastructure. It really depends on how well they've done in terms of marketing campaigns. Uh, of course, the beachfront hotels that are well recognized worldwide are always busy. Uh, if you have like a big uh, brand behind you, like Kajuga, you will be busy. If you if you join forces with uh, key uh, travel agencies like Namu, you will be busy. That's the thing, right? Finding those particular partnerships that will bring volume to your property. So, you know, the Nayaras, the, the Arenas del Mar, uh, those are very well-recognized brands are, are always busy. So it's difficult to find um, inventory to sell there, actually. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the one thing that's interesting is, and, and maybe a piece of advice, you know, that I always give people is just that, like, don't, you know, people are usually come in and they're like, okay, I'm going to go with OTAs and I'm going to go direct, you know, but after you've want run a business here for a while, even if it's a vacation rental tour company or whatever, you just realize OTAs really aren't helping you. Number one, the quality of the client is usually lower. They cancel a lot higher, but like the one thing people don't execute on is travel companies here in Costa Rica that are either selling direct to clients or have business to business relationships, you know, as a destination management company. So, I mean, I mean, what's your advice on how to get started there? I mean, anyone listening here or anyone thinking of, you know, moving into the hospitality industry, what advice would you give them on starting relationships with travel companies here in the country? Yeah, the, that, that is a very good question. There are over 600 travel agencies in Costa Rica. Well, wow. Out of those 600 travel agencies, of course, there's a handful of good ones, I would say, or the ones that really bring volume in a nice customer profile. So I would say I will, I will search the market first and present yourself in a very professional but informal way to these agencies. Uh, I will be open to understand the local industry because it's very different from the tourism industry in Europe. It's different from the tourism industry in the States. You know, Costa Ricans, we do business in a different way. Very informal, but also very professional. Uh, I would be open to understand our culture first and, and understand also, the, you know, numbers uh, uh, and commissions, for example, that are very different from, from other uh, countries worldwide. Uh, I, will, I will also take some recommendations from the local market. Um, you have to understand that for, for hotels, there's several channels. Like you said, there's the direct channel. Everybody wants to sell direct because they think that it's going to be cheaper, which is not. It's not true because you need to add all, all your marketing expenses and costs. Uh, there's also OTAs that takes, it's a huge market, but OTAs will lower your ADR, your average uh, rate, and also will bring let's say a different type of customer. And there's the agencies, which it's a bigger, bigger channel. So if you can select 10 or 12 or 15 of the good ones, you will be at least taking 50% of your overall sales through agencies, through local agencies. 
Um, so that, that I will do that. Present myself, go there physically, try to uh, achieve some sort of a relationship for the long term. Stay with the wood with the good ones, not only the ones that sell you very good, but the ones that also are have have your same same values and same uh, uh, you know business model, which is very important. Well, I mean, just talking there. I mean, do you think that people should uh, should get a, a rep? to help them rep all these agencies and be a middleman? Because, you know, the one thing is running and operating a business. And the other thing is doing the sales and marketing and having those relationships. Right. And as you mentioned there, of like this world is the world of relationships. I mean, businesses, you know, businesses, are, you know, you do business with people that you like. So do you right. think it's good to have someone represent you or you think it's good to like personally go in and, and, and represent yourself? If you're, if you're new in the industry, it's a good idea to have someone guiding you and opening all you know, someone who can open the doors for you. There's several people that I could recommend that do that for you. So uh, their, their main responsibility is to be the link between the business and other agencies, either national or international. And they do this very efficiently. They have all the contacts already. They understand the business. They have even the rate sheets and contracts that you can use. Uh, so there's, there's two, three people that do this very, very efficiently and good. So instead of you know, going yourself or maybe hiring a, a marketing sales sales manager that is costly due to the local wages and things like that. You can go and, and, and you know, hire one of these professionals for a short period of time so you can learn your way and then do it yourself. Okay. Let's chat on commissions a little bit, Derek, just because, you know, sometimes this is always a bit of a hurdle. I don't think so much in the hotel industry, but maybe a little bit, but definitely in the vacation rental business you know, where, especially if there's a middleman, like a property management company, I mean, how does that work and what commissions could people expect to pay? The, the rental business is, is, is different, right? The inventories are way smaller. Uh, also, the opportunity to sell is, is way more difficult. So if you usually take 25% from the business owner, from the homeowner, usually needs to split that between yourself as a property management company and the agency who's, you know, get, getting the customer in. Let's say 15, 10, 12, 50, 12, 50. Uh, that could vary, but the average cost for a, prop, for a house owner would be around 25% or 30%. If you want to keep your house super busy, I would recommend to add additional amenities and perks and services and turn it into a hotel model house rental because your all these are customer type would like to have breakfast included, house mom, uh, daily turn down service, uh, someone our concierge service who's around all the time. Instead of doing Airbnb type where you go into your house and no one's there to meet you and you're on your own for seven days. So we don't do that. We do the, the complete package. Uh, it increased the price, but also increased the revenue for, for the house owner. Yeah, I mean, it's funny that you say that because, again, you know, having run Via Buena Onda for many years, like just the, you know, ancillary right. services, food. I mean, food was like 30% of the revenue at the end of it. And, you know, concierge was like 5%, 10%. Um, it's just amazing how much money people leave on the table. But, again, I think that there are pros and cons because it's a much more operational model than the other way. But... You know, even if you just include breakfast, you know, and have chef services and don't deal with it, just like have the chef deal with everything with the client. 
Exactly. You you can hire third parties companies who do that for you. You just add the service into the price. And then you're also providing more employment to the people on, on this location, which is also an intention of the industry, right? Create more jobs around Costa Rica, especially on on those regions that are not, you know, beach regions and, and mountain regions. So yeah. I think everybody, everybody wins. I mean, again, you know, we just talked about there about how much that you travel. And I think you have, you know, you have just a good a viewpoint as any person in this country on what is happening in the hospitality industry. And I say this from the point of view of hotels, but also vacation rentals, because vacation rentals are in the hospitality world, whether they like it or not. I mean, the world of hotels and vacation rentals is smashed together. You know, there's a reason right. that the Marriott, Marriott has its own condos, you know, and its own vacation rentals. Correct. Where would you be investing in a hotel or vacation rental in Costa Rica and why? Like you personally, like from an investment well, standpoint. Let, yeah, let, let me start with a note. I want to follow up on what you just said. Most of the bigger brands are building villas. Yep. This this really means something, right? Because they're, they're seeing an opportunity of turning your ho their hotel business into, into something else. So if you mix rentals with a hotel amenity, uh, you have the perfect mix. That's that, I wanted to say that because you're right. Everybody's building villas now. They sell it and then they rent it. Uh, myself, the, the, being a, being Costa Rican is different for me because I see two opportunities. One is just if I if I have money, I would just build some apartments in San Jose, which is because there's high demand in San Jose for apartment rentals, one one or two bedrooms. A lot of millennials with money now. Uh, but I, if if I do something related to the industry, I would I would build two villas. Uh, location in this uh, topic is very important because people are looking for something very, you know, uh, outdoorsy, uh, out, you know, off the grid. So it could be, you know, a far away uh, location on the mountains, or it could be something that is very in the middle of everything, like in Tamarindo, you know, beachfront. Location is going to give you premium price. That's the thing. So I would build two villas, maybe not even big, but very unique plunge pool with details and amenities that the people can enjoy uh, and try to turn it into, into a good business. I would do that. Okay. What happens if you had to buy a hotel, Derek? Where would you buy a hotel? You know. To buy something, I would go, you need to go as close to the beach as possible. Beachfront. So you'd look at, if, you'd look at beachfront. Beachfront is possible, but it's very difficult, right? Because it's either expensive or there's nothing really available, right? Yeah. Maybe you can answer that question even better than me because you're you're doing that right now. But I've been asked for some, you know, by some hoteliers who have uh, businesses on other parts of the country, where could they buy beachfront land? It's difficult yeah. and it's expensive, right? I know that Pinija has some bigger lots for or yep. bigger hotels and things like that. But you have to go beachfront. People are looking for beachfront. Or you can also do something in the Arenal Fortuna area, which is the the, the most visited location in Costa Rica. You know, 90% of tourists go through Arenal at some point during their vacation. And there's, there's really nothing like a rental community hotel community Shh. property. I'm joking, I'm joking. I don't want to say anything. That's I'm my joking. idea. If, if, if you're doing that, that's my idea. Okay. Yeah, that would work because there's nothing like that in Arenal. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, maybe you've just answered the question, but I mean, what products do you wish you had more of? Like, what is what is Namu Travel like really screaming for? What type of products? More of stuff that exists, but stuff that doesn't exist. 
See, I think it's not only Namu who's screaming, it's the overall tourism industry in Costa Rica. We need, we need more unique stuff. You know, there's all these cookie cutters tours that everybody does, like the canopy tour and the raftings and the horseback riding. That's fine. It's That's nice. But we need to start thinking unique. Something We have this so, so such a beautiful country and you can travel around it for, you know, with in seven days all around Costa Rica, you can find those unique experiences uh, that uh, people will remember forever. We're trying to develop stuff like that in Namu. Also, I would say that more luxury products, even transport, like transportation, uh, meet and greets at the airport that, that, that are very unique, uh, fancy hotels. We have expensive hotels, but we have nothing like very, very luxurious. I think we should, we need something like that in Costa Rica. Yeah, I agree. I mean, look, I, you know, if you can go more luxurious, do, but it's just difficult to attack that. I mean, I did a podcast where we were talking about that. Um, that's actually about about to come out where we talk about that. Like, look, when you're at the lower end, you don't, you can't really go much lower. But when you're luxury, there's a lot of room to play with those rates a little bit. But when you're at the lower end, there really isn't much. And it becomes kind of a race to the bottom on that, you know, Um but yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree. This, like, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. We, um, someone in the airport told me like six months ago that we've never had so many private planes parked yeah. in the Liberia airport since the, you know, since the pandemic, the pandemic is over. So we have people who want to spend money here. And I don't think, I think we just don't have the product to do that. I agree. You know, and we even see it when building homes here of, you know, it's just, they're just sometimes just not luxurious enough, you know, it's right. just basically, yeah, I mean, you know, a $5 million home here buys a palace, but like really compared to what there is in Hawaii and in some places in Mexico and Europe, it's nothing, you know, comparatively. Yeah. Like we're, we're still that, young that, here. There's so much more runway see, in Costa Rica. But that's where the rental uh, market uh, kills it better than the hotel market because you can really excel building a mansion and well, present it, it that's quicker. And that's quicker. Yeah. I know I know places in Santa Teresa that you can rent for twenty five thousand dollars a night. Yeah. All inclusive. All inclusive. And that you know, we've sold it and it's outstanding Pasha? how customers Pasha? really like Casa yeah. Pasha. Yeah. yeah. Wow. See? Yeah, I mean it's incredible. Twenty five thousand dollars a night and people pay it. You know, it's uh, you know, luxury right. beach fund. Yeah, I mean properties. So well, I mean, what are some of your favorite places in Costa Rica to to, to visit, Derek? See, I like a lot like uh, Vita Dominical, the, the Pacific side. Uh, it's it's an it's a new coming beach town. It's very hype, uh, so it's still a lot of nature and there's not a lot of development. I like that a lot. I also like Osa Peninsula and Drake Bay, very similar. It's easier if you fly there because it's a long drive, but it's so beautiful, full of nature. And I'm now leading also to into the Caribbean because you know yeah. locals and 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 tourists are are turning their eyes into the Caribbean side, leave Puerto Viejo, and Cocles, and it's it's so different, right? It's a different vibe, different food type, different culture. So I think it's it's the best of both worlds. Yeah, I mean, you know, I get asked quite a bit. People are like, "Hey, Rich, why don't you do more uh, podcasts on the Caribbean?" And I'm like, "Well, kind of. Nobody really wants to talk to me down there. Uh, not that they don't want right. to talk to me, but it, like, it's just a different world, um, you know. And and really, it's just it's funky down there because I'm working with a client at the moment that's trying to do a hotel project 
you know, and just right. trying to get a signature on a bit of paper is a nightmare. Just on a, a signature from it is. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's it's difficult to do business in the area. Uh, but I think it's coming along. If you, I, I can recommend someone that you can talk to if you want to talk to someone who lives there and manages one of the most beautiful hotels in the area. Uh, you can talk to him. Uh, I think it's beautiful. And people who, who's been there, they have a great time. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it because it's like basically a cocktail with the Caribbean and Costa Rica show, shake it yeah. up. You know. Correcto. Sí, correcto. Um, great food, beautiful beaches. It's the Caribbean. You know, uh, once they do get that highway, if they do get it fit, done, which I'm sure that they will do. Um, but you know, you, you can fly there three times a day. Sunset true. flies there three times a day. Yeah. Straight to the airport. I think I'm keeping Sansa in business on my own, dude, uh, with all the flights that I'm taking with these guys. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, my last question for you, Derek, uh, and maybe you might have answered it, but if you inherited $500,000 and had to invest it into a business or real estate in Costa Rica, what would you invest it in and why? Yeah, like I said, I think I, I, I would build a couple of villas. You know, I would, I would rather invest most of that money into the right location. I think it's it, it makes a world of difference if you ha are on the right location and or not. I'll give you an example. There's a $25 million hotel in Costa Rica right in the middle of Perez Celedon. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I think it's one of the most beautiful hotels we have, but it's so difficult to sell because of the destination. So I would take part of that money, find the right, the right land, and build a couple of villas that I can turn into an experience. Uh, and, 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 you know, based on my experience, I would add a lot of amenities that relates to a hotel experience. So yeah. you're not there by yourself. You're someone who's with you, taking care of you, pampering you, because, you know, that's what people's looking for. Different, yeah. Differentiates you from, from the others. Yeah. It's funny that you said, I mean, we just analyzed 4,000 vacation rentals in Costa Rica, like the top 4,000 vacation rentals in m multiple different destinations. Because, you know, right. what we're looking for is that opportunity there, you know, as you said, in destinations, like where are destinations that have high occupancy, high average daily rates, where the land is somewhat still affordable, or that right. there is pro products that's undervalued as well. So, I mean, I completely agree. You know, I mean, it's, 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 you know, you could go to the main areas and that's an easy investment and there is still some opportunity there. But I think where the opportunity lies is in finding those areas that are up and coming. But I think the difficulty is, you know, it's why we exist and why, you know, my business does what it is. It's like people just don't know what they are and don't know where to turn to. And like, there is no information on anything in Costa Rica. Right. Yeah. See, and if you if you can find that, that one location that fits both international clients and national local customers it's a yeah. great mix because then you can change your strategy for the lower lower months of the year uh, there's a success success story with el silencio lodge they created their yeah. own destination you know it's, yeah. it's in the middle of nowhere and it's always full and they charge between 600 to uh, 1500 dollars a night yeah i mean i've tried to get in there multiple times and couldn't get in there you know it's so, always uh, busy always yeah exactly busy. So, but they, they have a great, like they did the right thing though, is that they hired a great middle person to go out, like a great representative to go out to the local market and the international market, you know, but yeah. That middle person, they have great food, great beverages. They have their own activities. They have both hotels and rentals. Uh, they have a fishing, they have hiking, uh, electric bikes, canopy on site. It's great. Spot. They created a destination. 
it's they, it's yes look, it is real per, real perdido is another example it is another example yes you know exactly so i mean it's possible but i think you bet you better have time and deep pockets if you're going to create a destination in costa rica and it doesn't always work as you've mentioned the 60 million dollar place up in Pedazelon where those guys had infinite amounts of money and couldn't get it to work yeah you know? I, I do want to add something to that is you need to find the right people people will make a difference you can have all the money in the world best designers True. the best architecture but the people representing your property facing the customer that makes a difference so take your time find the right people who can represent your values and your company well well derek this has been great i hope it's been useful for some of the listeners out there i'll put all your contact details in the description derek anyway if any uh, hoteliers vacation rentals property management companies want to reach out to you guys i know that you guys focus more on kind of the higher end luxury market so you know, I think if anybody's looking to do that, do reach out to Derek. Uh, but really want to appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast, sir. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure, awesome. man. Fantastic, man. Have a good one. You too. Ciao. Bye. Guys, great podcast there with uh, Derek Schlager from the Nano Travel Group. Uh, Derek and I worked together for 12 years there. So it's always great to get his viewpoint on what's happening in hospitality uh, and kind of what's happening in the market, where it's going, uh, and where there is still a lot of runway here in this country to you know, invest and develop. I think we're only just getting started, um, You know, especially if you take a look at these other destinations. I mean, we really are only getting started. So remember, you can reach out to us, guys, if you need anything, info at investingcostarica.com. That's info at investingcostarica.com. I've spoken to quite a few of you uh, just to say hi. Um, and some of you that just, you know, again, are sitting at home, wherever it is, uh, and really want to get to Costa Rica, uh, and just kind of giving you some advice on potentially, you know, services, products, those kind of things and ways to do it as well. So feel free to reach out to us, info at investingcostarica.com. Remember, if you've liked the podcast, guys, please give us five stars, thumbs up, uh, and I'll continue to do it. Um, I'm trying to figure out, I think uh, I've got our guest for the 150th episode. Um, so it's going to be interesting to, uh, to do that one. But uh, until the next one, we'll speak to you soon. The number one Costa Rica real estate and investment podcast, bringing you experts from all over Costa Rica 